The RPG After Years is part of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Find out more at probablywork.com. Are you troubled by strange voices in your ears? Do you experience feelings of dread in your basement, attic, or car? Have you or your family actually listened to a spooky podcast? If the answer is yes, don't wait another minute. Just pick up the phone and listen to the professionals. Ghostcasters! Our courteous and efficient submitters are on call 24 hours a day to serve all your supernatural podcast listening needs as we count down to the latest release of the Ghostbuster series, Ghostbusters Afterlife, in theaters November 11th, 2021. Just go to the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network and upload your mobile PKE readings and audio recordings. After all, we're Ghostcasters. We're We're ready ready to to believe believe you. you. Podcasters Assemble is a production of the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network. Come on, where's my chrono trigger music? We don't want this shit. Yes, hello everybody and welcome back to the RPG Golden Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present and future. I'm Bill. I'm Fraud. Yes, in case you missed that, that was Frost. <laughs> Say hi, Frost. Hello. Yeah. Everybody, it's Frost from the Discord. <laughs> yes, everybody, this is episode 83. We are recording from you from the past. <laughs> Before the secret manner of review. That's a very important fact to remember. <laughs> Apologies if we cross facts with them. Um, <clears throat> but yes, and today, guys, it's time for an adventure. A manner adventure. It's not actually a Final Fantasy. That's right. It's a Final Fantasy adventure?
Oh, wasn't that so relaxing? <laughs> yeah, that is a great track. That is the opening titles from this Game Boy game. That's from the Game Boy. Come on. Honestly, that is just incredible. Incredible stuff there, people. Um, so, anyway. Lovely to meet you. Hi, Frost. Yep, you too, Bill. It's been a long, long time, a long time dream of mine to finally uh, meet you over the internet using Zoom. A dream. I, I assume that's why you showed up wearing a Metallica t-shirt. You know, you know how that's to right. get to my yeah. soft spots. That's right. 98 tour. Doing some love. Uh, yeah, I've seen them about nine times, I think, live. So I couldn't tell you which years they were. <laughs> they, those years all blended into one. Um but yes, everybody, we are here today to talk about uh, the Final Fantasy Adventure. And um, uh, I'm completely all over the place because there's one thing I forgot to do, and that was get my uh, transition music ready. <laughs> oh. I even picked out the transmission music. And I, yeah, unfortunately, um, I didn't get it. <laughs> I forgot what it was. And I keep forgetting what it's called now, and I'm trying to look for it desperately, so I'm going to edit this bit out. Anyway, speaking of edits... This is a good point to edit. <laughs> so we are going to be doing the save state of the podcast where we're going to talk about the RPG club and the current games. But of course, that's going to be in three weeks from now. <laughs> so I'm going to edit that in and you're going to hear from Future Bill about now. How's it going, Future Bill? Yeah, not too bad. How are you doing? You going to say hi to Frost? Uh, no, nah, not really. I can't bother. Hi, Future Bill. Yeah. Hi, Frost. Yeah. All right, then. You, you just get on with it, Future Bill. Do what you need to do. Um... Yeah, uh, I would give you the RPG updates, but I don't know what website Scott goes to, so I'll let him do it next week. Bye. <laughs> there we go. That's that's, that's what you call stuff. transition music. <laughs> so, okay, everybody, that was enough from Future Bill. You get back in your box, mate. Okay, with all that out of the way, let's step through the gate and in to the review. Well, that's a lot Brilliant. of fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, before we start the review, let's listen to a, a little track of music, which I know Scott hates me doing. Yep, that was the Battle 2 music. And just so you guys are aware, I really struggled to pick five tracks from the OST. And yeah, yeah. We, 
I asked Frost for which ones he wanted, and it was a bit like all of them. Yeah. Yes. We can all twenty-seven. Our review on the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> it is for this is a for a Game Boy game. It is incredible. Like I'm so impressed. There's very few games, especially on the Game Boy, that get anywhere near this level of music added to it. I mean. There's Link's Awakening. I really like the music in Final Fantasy Legend as well. Apparently, like Legend 3, I think it's supposed to be the best one. So I'm looking forward to getting to that at some point. But yeah, incredible, incredible also, music uh, in this game. Is Legend 3 also Gomatsu? I know he did Legend 2. Um, I don't know. This is why we don't ask questions. That's right. No, never ask questions. Well. <laughs> <laughs> never ask questions. No, uh, no, it's a good question. But I, fortunately, I do not know the answer to it. Um, track it down. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's just an absolute fantastic, fantastic soundtrack. So yes, everybody, we are here to review the wonderful Game Boy game, Final Fantasy Adventure. And we're going to do the whole thing in one go today. So it's development, history, gameplay, and story. So let's not be about a bush. Let's get straight into this. The game was actually released in Japan in June 28th, 1991. In the United States, for Frost, it was November 1st, 1991. And in Europe, it was February 15th, ninety. 93 so just over a year and a half later which equates to in north america it was 10,940 days ago as of time of release of this episode <laughs> um, which is 29 years 11 months and 13 days and same again in the eu it was 10,468 days which is 28 years 7 months and 29 days ago <laughs> and as we always like to do on the show frost I'm sure you're well aware, as a, uh, as a as uh, as an avid listener, baiting his breath every week to listen to the episodes. <laughs> um, we like to go over what music was in num- number one at the time. So do you want to tell the folks what was number one in America? That would be Emotions by Mariah Carey. Oh, yes, it was. You gotta love a bit of uh, a bit of bit Mariah. I can already hear like I can already feel Scott dancing while listening to this, and Corey's bouncing around the room. Going, yeah, <laughs> the guy, the guys are gonna love this. Um, yes, Mariah Carey was number one with emotions, uh, but over in the UK, two and a half years later, in 1993, uh, we had a a different type of singer. Very different type of singer. singer. <laughs> we yeah, had so. we had Sinead O'Connor. Like a bird without a song. I'm Sinead, so you know I'm from Ireland. <laughs> um, yes, that was Sinead O'Connor with uh, the enigmatic song, Nothing Compares to You. Absolute, absolute belter of a song. 
Um, you guys, you guys, I assume you're all familiar with Sinead O'Connor out in the states. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not Good. really my thing, but yes, very familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not really my thing, but it's crazy because I remember that being huge. <laughs> oh, gigantic. So, yeah. Absolutely gigantic. So, but it's crazy to think, God, when that was all going on, I could have been playing Final Fantasy Adventure. <laughs> no, you couldn't, <laughs> because it wasn't. Uh, well, we'll get to that. But you didn't get Final Fantasy Adventure, did you? Or oh no, you we were? didn't. Sorry. Yes, in in Europe, <laughs> for some reason, it was called Final Fantasy Mystic Quest, because they were worried. I that we don't like adventure in Europe. I don't know. <laughs> But there's not to be confused with Mystic Quest that was also released for the SNES. They are completely different games. Mm. The best way to think of this is this is a Sin Sing Sai Shindetsu, whatever it is. Saiken Densetsu. Yeah, that's it. I know someone can pronounce stuff. Saiken Sendetsu. Legend of the Sacred Sword. Yes, exactly. This is number one, folks. Number one in the Mana series. That's the best way to think of it. Now, also. We like to talk about what was number one in the box office. So, Frost, I'll let you take away with what was number one in America. So, in America, somehow, the box office number one was House Party 2, uh, directed by Doug McHenry and George Jackson. And that was the uh, Kid and Play vehicle. So, uh, it starred uh, Kid and Play, Full Force, Tisha Campbell, Iman, Queen Latifah, George Sanford Brown, Tony, Tony, Tony... (laughs) Ralph Tresvant and Martin Lawrence, and uh, <laughs> it was not as well received as House Party One, which I tend to remember fondly. I don't think I've actually seen House Party Two. <laughs> no, it's got a Rotten Tomato score of twenty-seven percent, <laughs> which is seems quite low for something that got to number one. <laughs> Whereas a couple of years later, obviously on the release of Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the Game Boy, <laughs> in the UK we were we were watching. Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was directed by the magnificent Francis Ford Coppola, starring Gary Oldman, Winona Ryder, Anthony Hopkins, and Keanu Reeves, getting a seventy-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So I think we we win this one. Little, yeah, I think so. Woohoo! (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yeah, Queen Latifah, you ain't got shit. Uh, but yes, uh, but yeah, that, that kind of concludes our little, you know, what was going on at the time of, at, at the time of making of this game. So let's get on and move into the history. Joining me is Eric Slater. My name is Chris Carroll, and this is Comic Zombie. I freeze. I'm Batman. I am the law of the so, Batman kills a lot of people in this movie. Dude, he kills so many people in this movie. They had the Hal Jordan Green Lantern, yeah. but one of the alternates was the John Stewart Green Lantern. Yep. And they even did the animated voice. Yep. Uh, Lamar. Back when Stan was writing those books, they were you know, 15 pages or 17 pages, and you get it done in one issue and you're out the door. Yeah. Uh, Bendis took six issues to tell Amazing Fantasy 15. I'm just laughing as I'm saying it because it sounds is stupid. It, is it, wasn't he designed by Jim Lee? And I love me some Walking Dead. I just feel bad for the poor bastard that has to ring that bell. It stares, bro. And I'm certain I'm not going to be surprising anybody with this one because I think this is universally recognized as the worst superhero game, much less comic book game, much less maybe even video game. Superman 64. Days of Future Past in the comic 
everyone you know is dead. It's pretty dark right out the gate. Alfred may be a good butler, yeah. but he is the worst secret keeper of all time. <laughs> We're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff, ranging from comics to movies to TV shows, all kinds of stuff that we like, that we don't like. Probably be a little bit more vocal about the stuff that we don't like. Uh, I'm looking right at you, Halle Berry's Catwoman. Anyway, uh, ComicZombie.net. Check it out, and I hope you enjoy. Thanks. Yes. Now, some of you eagle-eared listeners will recognise that music as uh, chocobo music. <laughs> there are chocobos in this game, people. They are rife. Well, there's there's two. <laughs> yeah. And well, one and a half. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> that that's um, that's the only track that Uematsu is credited for on this uh, soundtrack. Oh, really? Because, oh, I, I thought the whole yeah. thing. I, I thought the whole thing was um, uh, Kenji Ito. Ito. That's it. Yeah, I yeah. think that, well, you could tell that that theme was a little close to the regular Chocobo theme, so they probably... Oh, is this, is this where we get into the uh, the Gladiator versus um... <laughs> <laughs> what, what, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, maybe. And so, Hans Zimmer. Uh, I, don't know if he, I don't know if he wrote it specifically for this or if uh, Ito arranged it and they gave Uematsu credit, but he, he is credited on the soundtrack, and I think it's only <laughs> for that track. Ah, uh, but yes. Uh, so, Final Fantasy Venture, which is also known as uh, uh, sing, sing, uh, uh, you know, uh, Secret Sword thing. Final Fantasy Gaiden. Saiken <laughs> <laughs> uh, Detsu, I think is probably the best I'm going to get out of it, uh, also released in Europe as Mystic Quest, which is the first Final Fantasy spin-off game, although it's not really Final Fantasy, and it's the first game in the Mana series, uh, released by Square in 1991. It was directed by... Um, uh, is it Kochi Ishii? Yep. Yep. Um, composed by Kenji Ito, and also uh, you had designers such as Goro Oshari and uh, another writer whose name you may recognise here, uh, a, a Yoshinori Katase. Vaguely heard never of this heard of person him. before. No. No, no never heard of him. No, I, I no. don't blame you. I don't think he, I don't think he's got on more much. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, it was originally released for the Game Boy and has since received a couple of other ports to different things, as well as um, actually being having a couple of remakes, such as the Sword of Mana for the Game Boy Advanced, where they also subsequently removed all the Final Fantasy references in the game. Damn you, how can you... I, I have to say, what I have no idea what they could replace the Chocobo with. I think I, they 
they kept the chocobo i think oh. they did have to keep the chocobo oh well they just took out the black mages <laughs> yeah. um and yes and then there's also another one which i think is called adventures of mana yes down the line and um yeah i've i don't think i'd ever heard of that before i started researching that 2016 this. that was a, a vita game oh a vita game okay right the ios and vita is what i have written down yeah cool okay um but originally back in the day this was actually uh square actually publicized this as a famicom disc game they were planning for this to actually take up five discs and um yeah it's got a bit of a crazy story behind it so square they originally trademarked the title uh Saiken densetsu uh the emergence of escalibur in 1987 so years before the game came out and they were intending it to be used for a game project that was going to be led by uh kuashi oki for the famicom disc system and um yeah, according to early advertising, the game would consist of unprecedented five floppy disks. Because that's what you got to remember, folks. The, the Famicom had floppy disks. That's right. <laughs> we got cartridges. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, uh, it was going to be one of the largest titles ever developed for the Famicom up until that point. Although, and Square actually solicited pre-orders for the game as well, which they subsequently had to pay back when they did, when they failed to make the game, <laughs> uh, this was this was when they were rife with having problems with bankruptcy, and I'm not surprised if they were pre-selling games that they hadn't even bothered to start making yet. <laughs> this is a trend that would continue for years and years. Yeah. Hey, yeah. we might make a Final Fantasy VII remake <laughs> twenty years later. Here it is. Um, please give us money. Yeah, please give us money. Uh, so yeah, so they had to give they had to give that money back, and then also when uh, it was crazy because when they did give the um, when they did give the money back uh, to the, uh, when they were refunding people, it came with a letter saying maybe you should consider placing an, an order on another upcoming Square role-playing game in a similar vein called Final Fantasy. Mm. So, kind of without without this, Final Fantasy wouldn't exist because <laughs> they wouldn't have got those because whoever did invest in it wouldn't have changed their money over. So you know, it's a bit, it's a bit of a crazy one. Or maybe we'd have 48 mana games. Uh, yes. Well, we oh, could you have... imagine? Could you imagine having a... Um, could you imagine what Final Fantasy fourteen would be like as a mana game? <laughs> <laughs> Instead of an action RPG massively online multiplayer. I, I like the sounds of that. Let's see. Four years later, in 91, uh, Squaresoft developed a Game Boy game under the working title... I think it's Geminites. You going with Geminites there? I think Geminites. Um, yeah, and they revived the name. We called it Jedi. Back... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they revived the name they had trademarked back in '87 and released the game as Seiken Densetsu, but this time they added Final Fantasy Gaiden. I assume uh, to play off of the success of the Final Fantasy franchise. Uh, but then it was later released in Europe as Mystic Quest and Final Fantasy Adventure in North America. Um, in 98, Sunsoft obtained the license for the game and re-released it along with the Final Fantasy Legend games. And then the game would later receive an update and overhaul for the GBA, Game Boy Advanced. Um, it was called Sword of Mana with an updated story and updated setting, which removed the Final Fantasy elements. 
apart um, from the choke. I, I did a little bit of yeah, I did a little <laughs> bit of research there. So it's 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 sort of like the difference between the two D and the three D, like Final Fantasy three, Final Fantasy four, where they you know they oh. they revamped it a little bit and they changed the story, you know, the dialogue, and they added a couple extra. Um, they changed some of the uh, the gameplay mechanics. And they added in the mana. You know how those you played Secret of Mana. Uh, <laughs> find out. No, uh, wait, that's in the past. Uh, but uh, yeah, they added all of the mana um, uh, the powers. The, um, the 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 you know the sprite thing. The uh, oh the, the, the yeah. So like the what's the word I'm looking for? The uh, the uh, spirits. Sprites? Spirits, yeah. They added the eight spirits, and they actually changed the magic system <clears> so that you you would have you know magic from each of the eight spirits and things like oh, that. Oh, so, so instead of really... finding the book of fire, you found the spirit of fire. Yeah, something like and that. And instead of yeah, finding the book Mando. of sleep and teaching you slep, slep <laughs> <laughs> around. Uh, <laughs> You've been slepping around, my wife. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, they they then they then released that final fan that Adventures of Mana. Um, is actually more faithful to the original G- Game Boy game, so it's scaled back. It's more like a direct remake of the of the original. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. So revealed during Square Enix's uh, E3 2006 press conference, um, the game received an additional port for mobile phones in Japan and released on August 16th, 2006, um, for SoftBank's 3G network. Wow, 3G networks, man. We're 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 almost on 5G now. <laughs> assuming you're up for 5G <laughs> I'm still on I'm still on LTE <laughs> yeah 2G man forever <laughs> um, uh, and yeah and then it was later ported to the uh, iMode uh, distribution service uh, on 2006 which I thought I think is also what the uh, the Final Fantasy 7 uh, Before Crisis game was on if I remember correctly um, and yeah, so the gameplay of the port is said to be more like the original version, like you just said, uh, but featuring updated graphics and the sound. It has also improved world map, uh, a new sickle, which you get from the second Mantis fight, I believe. Um, and then, yeah, the 3D remake released about 10 years later is relatively close in execution to this version and includes the ring menu system uh, based on Sword of Mana. Yeah, ring, ring. ring. I've, I've not got much good to say about the I'm, ring menu system. I will defend the ring menu system, but I don't have enough time. <laughs> I won't. I've sent. I've sent. I sent Scott a, a quote for the uh, Secret of Mana one, which I know will infuriate him. So <laughs> it's from the director himself. <laughs> uh, yeah, I read it. <laughs> this is this is this is this is going to be great on the review. Yeah. Um, the, the the game was originally designed um, uh, with a with a focus on the fantasy world and lore heavily pulling inspiration from uh, the, the works of Tolkien, um, Alice in Wonderland, and also Moomins. I had to look a... up what a Moomin was. I had no idea. Oh, you didn't know, you didn't know what Moomins were? No. Oh, they're like a um, Norwegian folk tale, I believe. Um, but there's loads of books and stuff on them. And there was actually, I, when I was growing up, there was a cartoon series I used to watch on TV of the Moomins. And uh, yeah, I used to just love it. Moomins are just really sweet things. It's a bit like Spirited Away before Spirited Away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff though um, and yeah and the core concept of Mana um, was uh, you know it was kind of almost like the Final Fantasy Crystals so obviously these people working on the Mana games also had worked on the Final Fantasy games 
and they kind of come up with this concept you know of something in the background an ethereal thing that controls all life and magic and all that sort of thing uh, and then when it came to making final fantasy they eventually coerced that idea into the crystals which the director koichi ichi didn't really like that much he preferred the idea of it being something that was in the entire world so it controlled life water uh, fire magics everything and then it all co coerced into this great big kind of weld tree idea so that's where the idea of the mana tree comes from and so he preferred so he kind of always thinks of it as like an expanded version of the crystals rather than the crystals being like a concentrated mass of mana mana is everything that was kind of like the core concept that they were going for um so is uh from the inter we had a some interviews from the uh director and uh is tanaka is he the producer yeah i think so okay um, and they they were asked about how the they merged the action and RPG elements, and um, Tanaka said that the thing is, if we had gone full action, it would create a gulf between skilled players and unskilled players, and you'd run into problems like bad players never being able to defeat the final boss. I feel that. Uh, and so, <laughs> so that's actually the greatest strength of traditional RPGs is that anyone can clear them if they spend enough time and energy. And we did not, uh, absolutely did not want to throw that away. So they were embracing the grind uh, of the RPG there. And I feel and, that because uh, um, I was using a touchscreen and I really struggled. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel I feel like, you know, if had I had, you know, button controls, I would have been a bit easier. But I'm not that great at action games anyway. So, uh, yeah, I definitely feel like grinding. Although I didn't do any grinding. I felt like this game, didn't really, I thought this game was nicely balanced. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I can see where they're going with that. And Goro Ohashi, who is, I believe he was the, the artist or the. Yep. He was artist yep. involved in planning. Yeah. yeah. Um, he <clears> says, <throat> as the subtitle Final Fantasy Guidance suggests, we aimed for an action RPG with the Final Fantasy rhythm. So it can't be helped if the story is a little helter skelter and all over the place. Of course, you know, Final Fantasy all over the place. Uh, <laughs> we put a lot of effort into it. I think we did a great job matching the excitement of an action game with an FF story. If I do say so myself, um, and then this is—I uh, believe this is from uh, the composer uh, Kenji Ito. Oh, yeah, Saiken Densetsu. Saiken Densetsu was the first game at Square in which I was given total responsibility for the music and sound effects. Before that, I had helped to make the music and sound effects for Saga Two, which is what is the saga, Bill? It's the second saga. <laughs> Second I need a, I need a saga. What's the saga? <laughs> uh, and I believe my experience uh, in that game <clears throat> helped me compose here. I didn't want to bring shame to the Final Fantasy name. Yeah, I love that quote. <laughs> um, in total, I finished 27 songs, and I have an attachment for each of them, and I gave each song my all. But the last battle theme, Saigo no Kessen, and the final, uh, the field theme, Ooh, that's a big one. Uh, Hata Shinaki Senju are especially memorable to me. I refined and refined my ideas and I, until I got them right. And I would agree those are great tracks. Yeah, absolutely. And Frost, I need to get you on for more episodes so you can pronounce all the names correctly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, I've got a good bit of trivia about the game here as well, which I managed to dig out from the deep web. Um, this game actually started out as an experimental tennis game. It's like the the actual game 
<laughs> they were building yeah, a temple. I was blown away when I read this. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so they were actually building a tennis game. So um, the game's very much in like the Legend of Zelda style, where you've got a square screen, you move to the next screen, and it transitions over. Um, so, yeah, at, at some point, the court turned into scrollable screens, the racket turned into the player, the ball turned into a weapon, and the opponent's racket turned into enemies. And then slowly over time, uh, the court became referred to as the map. <laughs> and before I realised it, a story was added. So this this was a quote from a developer as well who was working on the game. He said, and before I realised it, a story was added into it and the game was released as Sensexu Dendexu. That's it. Um, it was a curious experience. So, yeah, I can't imagine what that'd be like. Like, you know, you're, you're brought in as a developer, you start making a tennis game, and then they're so like, can you just change this, change this, change this? Here's, here's one fancy adventure. Yeah. <laughs> that's how, that's what, actually how... Col- the, yeah. The tennis game is my dream. <laughs> Call of Duty started as a soccer game. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just... I love things like that. It's just so funny. Oh, but yeah, the um, eventually the North American localization of Secret of Mana was initially uh, advertised as well as Final Fantasy Adventure 2 with Nintendo Power. And it was also advertised as Final Fantasy 2 with the letter 2, not using Roman numerals, uh, in Electric Gaming Monthly. So mm-hmm. yeah, they, they were almost at the point where they were going to push Secret of Mana on us as Final Fantasy Adventure 2. Yeah, I remember... Uh actually old enough to remember walking into a uh uh was it a toys r us or something and walking through the aisle and being like <laughs> i know final fan what's that final fan and i see final fantasy legend and final fantasy adventure and i'm like i wonder if i should play those i like the other one but i and I, ne- I don't never actually picked them up until a couple weeks ago so. yeah I don't, I don't remember ever seeing these in the shop unfortunately um like i had a game boy i loved it to death and I'm definitely going to rate this in my top five Game Boy games of all time. But uh, yeah, I, I don't ever remember seeing it. Probably because it was called Mystic Quest. Oh, I probably thought, well, that's, that sounds lame. <laughs> Legend of Zelda or Mystic Quest? <laughs> yeah. Well, they came out the same year. Well, yeah, we'll get... Yeah. They, they were released... This, did you get uh, Link's Awakening in 93 also? Or did you get it later? Oh, do you know, I, don't, I don't remember. That was kind of yeah. like... Having the Game Boy was just... A point that just happened in my life at some point and i just had a bunch of games for it yeah, right. <laughs> i can't exactly yeah i mean i was i would have been if it was 1993 when it came out i would have been less than 10 so yeah it was just kind of at some point my parents gave me a game boy and then at some point my friend had Link's awakening and then i just took it off them for, for an extended period of time uh, i gave it back eventually thank you louisa i know you listen <laughs> I hope you still got it. I hope I haven't lost it somewhere down the line. Um, but all right, then. That's pretty much it for the history. I think we've got some good little points in there. Uh, next up, we're going to move on to the story.
Oh, yes. So, the story and setting. As we've kind of already sort of gone over a little bit, you know, we're kind of set in a fantasy world where the the world's controlled by this magical tree. You know, uh, we'll, we'll come to who the magical tree is later. <laughs> um, but yes, there's a, there's a magic tree and it's in control of stuff. Um, and then you've got this kind of mystical world that you get to explore. And as an action-adventure game, um, it's kind of open world-ish but with corridors yeah. to feed you through to it's, the next stage it's very you know original legend of zelda um hmm. except it has a little bit more gating than that because of the tools you have to pick up along the way yeah to sort but, of open paths. Well, we, we can kind of come to that in gameplay but each area has its okay. own like nice feel to it and stuff yeah um your story wise you've got your your main characters sumo fuji bogard Chiba, Amanda and Lester, Watts, uh, the guy with the beard, and the chocobo. <laughs> I can't remember who the guy with the beard is. He kind of creeped me out a bit. Um, but it's, it's, this is, I, I, I love this. So everyone over the years has adopted the idea that Sumo and Fuji are the names of the main characters. So you get to name your character, who's the guy, and you get to name the girl who kind of joins and leaves your party occasionally. But she's always controlled by AI. Um and yeah it's just it's nuts this all comes from the english manual where it never says sumo or fuji but there's a screenshot of someone who's obviously play testing the game taking pictures for the manual who's called their characters sumo and fuji and so everyone's just adopted that as their canon names but it's not <laughs> They don't have real canon names. Uh, I mean, there's also a picture in there of the save file Sumo, and then underneath it is another save file called Jeff. So had he used his other save file, we would be calling them like Jeff and Sandra. You know, <laughs> so who is who is this Jeff guy who worked at Squaresoft <laughs> who accidentally canonized these two names? Because, um, yeah, I, I, find it, I find it fascinating because in the Japanese version, uh, for some reason, they didn't have, like, they didn't have these names. Uh, until it came down to the... Um... Oh, no, hang on. I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. Um, okay. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, so they they shouldn't have had names. You know, it was just like some guy just thought, oh, what should I call these characters? Should I call them Sumo and Fuji? Yeah, whatever. And then everyone else picked it up, and then that's what they've been called ever since. Because when you start the game, I don't believe it gives you anything. It's just blank spaces, right? Similar yeah, exactly. One. Both of them are blank. Yeah. So there isn't supposed to be any sort of canon. <laughs> it's, right. it's supposed to be... Hero heroine. <laughs> did, did you did you use Sumo and Fuji? Uh, no, I think I used Bill and Fee for some reason. Okay. I used boy <laughs> and girl. <laughs> Just like Secret of Mana. Secret of Mana. Boy, girl, sprite. <laughs> um, so this is similar uh, to how the main character of the first Mother game wound up with the name Ninten. So I did, I did not know that. That was from the manual as well? Uh, I think so. I think whoever was playtesting Mother... Um, originally called yeah just like was like Nintendo oh ah, wow okay <laughs> so as their character name so yeah so the yeah the character just became called Nintendo um, okay, so yeah. yeah so it's a long way of saying that Sumo and Fuji are just an, basically a North American or I guess non-Japanese uh, oh, no, it, I think thing. it was yeah because I think it was in the uh, English manual for Mystic Quest as well okay alright meanwhile but, yeah. uh, meanwhile in yeah. Japan <laughs> apparently the names duke and elena became semi-official when the game boy advanced remake was released uh in japan 
Uh, we've also read that the game's Japanese novelization used Duke and Elena. Um, I have not seen any evidence that either of these are true, but that's the, uh, that's the scuttlebutt. So in short, <laughs> yep. there are no official names for any of these characters. There's no, no. canon. Name. Yeah. No, but it is considered canon to be Sumo and Fuji, or Duke and Elena <laughs> in, in Japan. For no reason whatsoever. I assume the Japanese thing was just the same. Just like in the Game Boy Advance, someone took a screenshot of the file. Right. Like, Duke. <laughs> um, you got your villains as well. There's um, Dark Lord and Julius. And then there's also uh, a myriad of Final Fantasy characters. And these are like almost sprite for sprite. They seem to have been copied over from the Final Fantasy game. So uh, we've, we've spoken about Chocobos. And there's also Moogles which is the worst thing in this game. <laughs> um, and there's quite a few other Final Fantasy classes that appear in the game, such as there's a white mage, there's a thief. Um, they both appear as uh, NPCs in various towns. Uh, you also get a red man, who's actually, uh, red mage, who's kind of like a mysterious man who's part of the story. Um, and then there's black mages and ninja characters everywhere. Yep. I love that red mage sprite that he has. It's just... I wish I could just be the play the whole game like that. <laughs> yeah, that that would be good. <laughs> the hat and everything. Yeah, because Sumo just yeah. looks like the fighter from Final yep. Fantasy One. Yep. You know, give him the hat, man. <laughs> so the story begins with the hero, which we'll just make it easy and call it call him Sumo. Um, he's a prisoner of the Dark Lord, and one day uh, the hero's friend informs him that the Dark Lord's goal, uh, which is uh, is, I guess to to conquer the world through the, the use of mana. Um, so he urges Sumo to seek out a knight named Boggart, which I thought was an interesting name. Um, <laughs> as the hero escapes imprisonment, he learns that the Dark Lord is seeking the key to the mana sanctuary in order to control the mana tree. Yeah, he kind and of... Energy... Because he escapes, isn't he, after his friend dies, and they're just like... He just happens to see Julius and the Dark Lord having a chat by the waterfall. That's right. <laughs> Interrupting yeah. a romantic moment there. <laughs> So uh, they want to control the mana tree, which is the energy source that sustains life. Um, the hero, Sumo, is befriended by the heroine, which I guess we're referred to as Fuji, um, who is just by chance also seeking Boggart. Um, and together, the two find Boggart, who recommends they seek out a man named, I guess it's Chiba. Yeah. Uh, Chiba you're you're going to say it better than I will. I keep calling it Chiba. Yeah, Chiba. Um <laughs> During their journey, they meet him. Uh, to, to meet him, the heroine ends up being kidnapped. Of course, uh, very. The, the heroine is very Kyrie in this in this story. Uh, yeah, she's just, she's always getting herself into trouble. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, the heroine's kidnapped, and with the aid of a mysterious man, she's later rescued from the set of Castlevania. <laughs> <laughs> By a it, hero. The um, game does go full Castlevania on you at this point. You go into Keat's dungeon, isn't it? And it's just like, Keat turns out to be this enormous vampire. <laughs> and it, it, all just, it all just goes a bit nuts. In fact, yeah, actually, and even the, on, the trans, on the translation note, actually, I think Keat's was a bad translation. I think in, um, in the Japanese version, he was called Lee or something. And it was like a, in reference to Christopher Lee, who played Dracula loads oh, okay. back yeah, in the day. Makes, yeah. Um, actually, speaking of Castlevania, just real quick, the the uh, main theme that da na na right um, sounds a lot like the uh, the Castlevania two 
theme, which is dun 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 dun. It's very similar. To you. Anyway, go listen yeah, to yeah. It, people. It's all great. Uh, <laughs> by the way, the, there's a interesting thing here where I, uh, I, you, 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 when you escape and you, you fall off of a mountain, which uh, mana games, no fall damage, which is no, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's cloud into Aerith's uh, church over and over again. Like you know, you don't get full damage. Yeah, but you you sort of land uh, in a random, not a random square, but you land on a square on the map, and I think you're supposed to go. It's supposed to like encourage you to go one certain direction, and you meet up with the girl and another one of the uh, another person, or and um, yeah, it's Will, they, isn't it? He's dying. <laughs> someone's dying yeah and, and hagar i can't remember his name um and uh but i actually walked the wrong way and i made it to the town without ever meeting the girl and i was like just walking around i was like what am i supposed to do i had to go to i had to look up a guide like three minutes into the game I'm like oh i have to go find a girl somewhere <laughs> go find the girl i was like oh that's right she the girl was also there on the on the uh the cliff or whatever when i when we were up there so uh, anyway <laughs> yeah uh but when they meet chiba uh chiba uh, he plays he plays a message uh, left by the heroine's mother who reveals she is a descendant of the guardians of the mana tree and her pendant is the key to it the mysterious man upon discovering that the heroine holds the pendant reveals himself to actually be julius dark lord's advisor and kidnaps her the hero then attempts to rescue the heroine but he fails and is knocked off of Julius's airship. However, the heroine gives the hero the pendant just before he falls. I did love the airship bit. <laughs> that was kind of, it was a really nice dramatic moment. We have to go into the airship first, find, yep. find her, realize you can't get her out. So you go outside the airship to try and rescue her from the outside. And then Julius comes and basically firebombs the, uh, the, <laughs> the decking underneath you and you just fall. Yeah. Fall, fall down and again no fall damage yep. is fine no fall damage it's... yeah in unless many games where there is where there is no fall damage cannon travel is king right. <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> he can't have cannon travel if there's fall damage yeah. um, uh, yes so the hero is then reunited with Amanda who was another escapee from uh, the Dark Lord's prison uh, did we mention that the Dark Lord likes to put his prisoners to fight to death against each other in like a gladiatorial arena or it's against very huge job of the hut yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just like hmm <laughs> you you will fight the kraken <laughs> uh, what's it called oh, i can't remember <laughs> the, first, the first boss uh no the thing underneath jabber <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, the, the rancor with an R. <laughs> the rancor that was it yeah. <laughs> we must fight my rancor <laughs> uh but yes so uh, you you meet up with amanda and she actually ends up stealing the pendant off of you while you're recovering from your fall. Um, and you find out that the mayor of Jad, who's called Davis, uh, he, he she gives him the pendant, but he transforms her brother Lester into a parrot. Uh, the hero then confronts Amanda at Medusa because she's trying to get Medusa's tear to cure her brother from the parrot spell. This, this is just... Yeah, this is pure Final Fantasy crazy bonkersness. Right. Um, they manage to kill Medusa, but Amanda is then infected by Medusa's attack, causing her to transform into a Medusa herself. Uh, the hero is then reluctantly 
has to kill Amanda. This is quite emotional, all this stuff, as it's happening. Because, like, yeah, Amanda was introduced at the beginning of the game. You kind of meet up with her. She betrays you, but then she tells you it was because she's trying to help her brother. And then you go, okay, I'm... Shit. You go, okay, I'm trying to help you. And I'm going to help you now. And then she gets turned into a Medusa herself, and you're forced to kill her. But in killing her, you're then able to get a Medusa's tear from Amanda, which you then can then take back to Davis um, and uh, cure her brother Lester, who then joins you to help defeat Davis, but he's like the most useless NPC in the game. Well, yeah, so we didn't talk about it. We'll talk about that in gameplay, but he, he walks around and he lets you change the music. That's that, Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Lester, the bard. You spoony bard. In a long line of bards that are worthless. Yes. Get in line, Lester. I think you're actually at the back of the queue, mate. The fact that I've got I've got Fuji, who if I ask her, she'll cure me. She'll cast regen yeah. on me. Or I've got um, the robot later on who will restore my MP instantly. Yeah. And it is you. You will change the background music. You... Anyway... <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so you, eventually, you, yeah, you both kill Davis, who he reveals he's given the pendant over to the Dark Lord. So the hero then tracks down and confronts the Dark Lord back in the tower where we first started. Um, however, the hero discovers the heroine is actually under Julius's mind control, so he has become Golbez or um, Zeramus. <laughs> um, so he's mind controlling her, and um, they open up the entrance to the manor tree. Uh, Julius then reveals that he's the last survivor of the uh, Valdo Empire, uh, who attempted to control the Manatory ten years ago, um, and he quickly defeats you, the hero. Yep, he throws you again off of the mountain. Yeah, another mountain, and this time you fall yeah. into a desert. It's a <laughs> desert uh, full of crystals that can't hurt you apart from one. Uh, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, interesting here. So this is after um, the. This is when, when you confront Julius and he has her under the mind control. The only way to the sacred land of mana, whatever, is it, it's at the top, the very top of the mountain. And the way to travel there is to reverse the waterfalls so that you can ride the waterfalls up to them. I thought that was... Yeah, it was strange. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah. Um, so realizing he is powerless to defeat Julius, the hero learns from Shiva about a powerful sword called Excalibur. Uh, Chiba helps him find the Excalibur, only to find, though, that it is a rusty sword instead. He explains that the rusty sword is the Excalibur and would reveal its true strength to whoever finds to whoever it finds worthy. So um, you then have to raise the Dime Tower out of the desert to reach the Mana Sanctuary, and you meet a robot known as Marcy on the way. Uh, once you reach the top, the tower begins to collapse, and Marcy sacrifices himself by throwing the hero across. Now, this this I actually got very. Mo I was like, no, I know what's going to happen here. And, uh, you know, the, you could the feel robots it. like, we must jump, and, and the boys yeah. like, I, can I can't make it. Yeah, I can yeah. throw you, and I can make I it jump afterwards. <laughs> then yeah, he throws he you. Says, and he's like, no, I can't make it jump. <laughs> he, he he literally says in my in my translation, he says. I will jump after you. Mm. And he throws you and you're like, okay, jump. And he's like, nah, man, I can't jump. And you're <laughs> like, what? And he's like, ah, sorry, man. I'm programmed to go down with the tower. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'll speak to you later. <laughs> yeah. Beep, boop, beep. It was very emotional because I was like, my magic regen. No. Uh, no. 
<laughs> I've got, got the, the final robot. dungeon ahead of me. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so you end up back where uh, back at the the castle, right? And then you can ride. Now you feel strong enough. You ride the waterfall up uh, to the uh, the Holy Land or whatever. Um, and so after a series of trials, uh, your sword is restored, and the hero confronts and defeats Julius. But unfortunately, you got there too late, and the mana tree has been you know, its power has been sapped by Julius. Um, so the mana tree is dead. And so the world is over. The world w- will die now. Except, of course, the heroine's mother reveals <laughs> that she is the mana tree. And before she dies, she asks the heroine to succeed her in this position. So she says, I, I think it's, uh, I had a quote, or the quote from the game was, yes, girl, I was the tree. <laughs> you will be the tree. Um, you will become so the tree. Her- you will become the you, tree. You, so you the make her- the choice, though. <laughs> yeah. But um, the heroine agrees and bids farewell to the hero as she becomes the next mana tree, and the hero will become her guardian. Um, yeah, essentially becoming the Knights of Gemma all over again. Right. Uh, there was a little a uh, little bit of a catch-22, though, because if she becomes the tree, she can't have an heir. And then so the, the, the line of whatever will die anyway. So. Yeah, you'd be like, well, come on, let's... Uh... Let's consummate quick. <laughs> uh, we'll wait a couple of months and then you can become the tree, right? I'll raise our daughter. It's fine. <laughs> we'll keep the line going. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just these manor games are just full of people having sex with trees. That's all it is. Uh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that says about the people who made it. Um, yeah, so, you know, that was kind of the meat and bones of the story. You know, there's certain things in there like Watts didn't even get mentioned. <laughs> going through right, the guy I mean, you meet the dwarves yeah what, i don't know what do you like about the story what do you think about it I, I really like the story i mean this is a game boy game um i'd probably say the closest thing that comes to as having an in-depth story is going to be final fantasy legend that i've played again i haven't played legend 2 or legend 3 which i think improve upon it uh, but i would say this is better than final fantasy legend um do i like the story better than say Link's awakening though um given would- that Link's awakening is all uh you know Bit of story at the beginning, bit of story at the end. A little bit in the middle. <laughs> um, I think this is better, uh, story-wise. And the actual storytelling, has, it flows more. It, yeah, it, it certainly has more, right? I don't know if it's necessarily... It, if you if you had the Link's Awakening story, because you get the owl, right, every once in a while. Yeah. It updates you. So if you, if you think about the actual Link's, Link's Awakening story... I think the story is better, but it's not presented better, right? It's just sort of like, there's a story there. like. But if you think about what it is, I like it a lot. Yeah. But with this one, they're like constantly driving you with, with story stuff. Um, there's, of course, all the, the shenanigans of go fetch this, go get that, go, um, you know, go fall off another building. Yeah. And, I think the story as a whole is kind of better. But like you say, the the, the ending to Link's Awakening is just right genius. <laughs> that is great and to squeeze that onto a Game Boy game and get that to come across is amazing so you know I think they both have their plus points but definitely this is <clears throat> if you're looking for a story on a Game Boy this is one of the strongest yeah, titles this, this is really good <clears throat> I thought yeah I thought it was pretty good to be honest with you um, I liked a lot of the characters I liked the man with the beard despite the fact I couldn't remember his name uh, the guy who <laughs> mutilates your chocobo <laughs> halfway through yeah, the game yeah we didn't mention that <laughs> no so I mean because yeah because that's kind of like a, a gameplay thing like you, you find right. a chocobo on route somewhere it's just, you literally find an egg the chocobo hatches and then it imprints on you 
And so it's just like, hey, you must be my mother. <laughs> and it follows you around. And then you're able to ride it. And it's great because while you're on the Chocobo, although you've got limited range in where you can get to, enemies can't attack you while you're on it. So it's like, it is fast travel. And then after the bit where you end up falling into the desert, this man rescues your Chocobo, chops its legs off and puts mechanical legs on it. And then it can run on water. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, hey, thank, thanks. I think. You need to lazy my chocobo, you bastard. Well, I think the the chocobos do suffer from fall damage. Just people. <laughs> oh yes. Oh, okay. That's that's good to know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what about yourself? Yeah, same. I mean, the the story was it was very, you know, it it didn't feel like a game that was that old, especially for the Game Boy, just because there was so much story. I was constantly surprised. It was like you know they kept telling things, and they they had the the little vignettes because you have Amanda. And the Medusa, and then you have the the stuff um, in the Dime Tower with uh, you have to find the sword, and and it is, I mean, it's still very you know thirty year old RPG where it's really like here's a here's what we I need you to do, okay, thanks Layla, like I have your boat now, and now I'm <laughs> gonna go meet Gordon or whoever, right? But um, it's it's very you know very like that, and and it's it's definitely worth a definitely worth a play a playthrough, um, especially since it's you know pretty short, you know, ten hours or so. Yeah, I agree with that. Oh, I think well, the my yeah, I was gonna say just my. Of course, we have the the boss switch right where we we finally we kill the Dark Lord, we get the pendant <laughs> back, and it's like, wait, this isn't the right pendant. What, what what's going on here? It's yeah, like, the oh, fake boss pendant switch. switch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, Julius was the man all along. <laughs> um, yeah. All right then. Well, we all know that mana games involve making love to trees, so let's talk foreplay. Oh, wait. I mean, uh, let's talk about the gameplay. Yes, everybody. So the gameplay is very similar to the original Legend of Zelda uh, for the NES. The world is viewed from a bird's eye view, uh, comprises of single screens that take up the entire viewing area. Uh, you can save at any point during the game. The player can interact with individuals in towns to gather information or buy and sell items and equipment. Um, as Sumo progresses uh, through a number of different areas uh, with a different goal in each location, uh, the game features grasslands, marsh, a coastal beach, which has some floating rocks, which is really cool. Um, uh, forest, deserts with the bloody crystals, bloody, bloody crystals. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's snow fields, mountains, regions, uh, a couple of islands, all that sort of stuff squeezed in there. 
the player is able to progress from area to area, either by obtaining a key that opens the way, or by finding the weapon that will allow Sumo to destroy whatever is blocking his path. So, yet yeah, there's various different weapons in the game, and like you can use the sickle to, you can like use the sickle to cut down grass. Which, you can which use is, the axe yeah. to cut down other stuff, trees. Yeah, and uh, speaking of keys, I mean, that's probably... <laughs> item management is probably the, the biggest weakness of this game. It's the managing items and uh, navigating locked doors and things like that. Mattox. Um, Mattox. Mattox, <laughs> yes. So, yes. Yeah, so, there yeah. are uh, pickaxes, basically, that you have to collect early on in the game in order to uh, do that. So Yeah, but, and it's the um, same as in Legend of Zelda, so where you have the walls that you can bomb. Yeah. But there's no indication that a wall is breakable. Like sometimes there's little things, like there'll be two pillars or something, and you think that's weird. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna attack that wall with a mattock. I'm pretty sure if you hit it with a sword, it makes a slightly different sound. Oh really? Oh, I man. think so. I wish yeah, I'd known that would have saved you a lot of mattocks, probably. Definitely <laughs> saved me a guessing. lot of mattocks. I mattock. Anyway. Matic inventory um, <laughs> managing was a big part of this game for me until I got the uh, morning star. Yeah. Um, so enemies are battled on the fields and inside the dungeons to gain experience, GP. Also, you get some randomly dropped items. Uh, within dungeon areas, there are a number of puzzles that are required to be solved in order to you know open up doors and stairways. Snowman uh, puzzles. Play... Snowman. Yeah. We'll we need a whole discussion about snowman puzzles. Uh, the, the, well, let's do it. Let's do it now. So, all right. So one of the, one of the spells that you can get is ice, and ice is an interesting spell because it's the only one where you can control where it's going. And I didn't I didn't realize that until in it was like, real time. There's, yeah. there's a puzzle in the final dungeon where it requires it, and I was just like, oh, I can move this thing. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, you so to, you have to snake the the yeah. uh, the ice ball through like a, a a maze, and you have to hit the enemies, which when you hit them with an ice ball, they turn into a snowman. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is, so yeah, if you turn an enemy into a snowman, it's the same as killing them in one hit, but you don't get the experience points for it. So it's not worth doing this to all the enemies as you go around, but it's worth, but you have to do it for a couple where you then have to push them, the snowman onto a switch, and then that will allow you into the next area. And yeah, it was like, some of them were a bit, like they gradually got harder and harder and then it wasn't until the final dungeon where there was there was one where yeah there's like an object which you could fire over like a ball or something but you had to then snake it through this winding path to hit a ball that was trapped on top of a switch <laughs> um yep. and yeah I, I i spent a good 20 minutes in there being like how do i hit this guy <laughs> like i can't fire through any of these other blocks and i didn't realize that you could make it move and it was just like yeah ah this thing I, moves when i fire it yeah i figured it out because i think i shot it one time and i tried to run away and it instead of me running my snowball went up and i'm like oh so that's what that does um <laughs> but I, I i think was that in the dime tower when you had the robot because i had a situation where you have to shoot uh, two ice balls on two switches, and you have to freeze one enemy on one switch and one on the other. Mm. But the robot, who we'll talk about, I mean, we could talk about the companions. The robot would heal your mana, but it would also fire arrows, I think. And yeah. if anything was snowmanned, a single hit would kill it instantly. And I had the, I had to do the puzzle like five times. Because the <laughs> robot would kill the snowman before I could hit the second switch, and it was very that was probably the 
Nah, this, <laughs> this, the one where you had to sneak it round um, because I had to. I just I had to save in the room and then just keep reloading my save. Yeah. Once I run out of MP, because it's like right, yeah. <laughs> I'll try again. How do I do this? <laughs> yeah. Fire ice, fire ice. I ran out of MP. Reload my save. Um, yeah. But yeah, I did have that a couple of times with 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 the robot. It's just I'd, I'd do it as well. Like I'd walk up to the thing and accidentally push hit. <laughs> And right, like yeah. my thing would swing around, I'd catch it behind me. Reload. <laughs> back out, free screens. Come back, free screens. That, yeah, that's a, the the enemies will respawn, but you have to walk three screens out. Yeah, I think it's three or back. four screens, and three it's just four, like, yeah, because yeah, because there is an enemy later that drops. Um, it's like a guaranteed elixir drop. Oh, <clears throat> and um, I can't remember what they. There's like before Dime Tower. What uh, I think it's the desert one actually. Uh, there's like mm. some rabbits in there that are jumping around. Not rabbits rabbits because uh, it was like a, yeah it wasn't rabbits there was like something that was rabbit-ish later on mm-hmm. <laughs> um, looked more like a goat but it would jump around yeah. the screen but yeah there was like one of yeah. those and then it dropped an elixir but when I killed it it dropped an elixir in the middle of the room I was like oh that's interesting so I went out and I did got lost came back to that thing and there was a rep one there I got another elixir I was like oh brilliant I'm going to farm this farm myself yeah. a bunch of elixirs before I move on <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, um, you couldn't carry them because you had to have an inventory full of keys. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, thankfully by that point I had um, an inv- I had a uh, Mattox in my inventory. <laughs> I was able yeah. to just get on with my life. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so as far as weapons go, you start with the sword, um, and then you eventually gain an axe, the chain flail, which um, that's like the whip in Secret of Mana that allows you to um, traverse gaps by hooking onto. Um, yeah, I've got no idea how the uh, how that works in real life, but yeah, we'll just yeah. we'll just pretend that this is real. <laughs> yeah, uh, you'd you have to have spear. arms like Rock, like Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I think you get a spear and then the mace or the was it the ma- the the Morning Star in my game it was called the Morning mm, yeah Star. Morning Star, and that actually was the most helpful item because that re- that was able to break down walls, which means you didn't have to carry pickaxes around anymore. Hmm. I'd essentially walk around dungeons just hitting every wall before I move on. It's like, yeah. can I break this? No, next to the room, can I break this? Yeah. I had a little bit of a, because I had played only played Secret of Mana before this, I had a little bit of an issue because I was like, oh, is my sword going to upgrade like the other mana games? Or do I, <laughs> Nope, just throw it away. Like, get a new sword. It's like regular, you know, regular old RPG. Just get a new sword. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, each of the weapons can be used to destroy certain features of the environment. Um, so, for instance, the axe could cut down trees. We talked about the chain whip, the morning star. Also, certain enemies were only weak to certain weapons. Mm. Um, and so you had to also be constantly managing managing that. So, Yeah, I think that's one of um, the things where this struggled as a Game Boy game because there wasn't a way of easily switching. So you found right, yourself... So a you know, lot of menuing. Yeah, because there, there wouldn't... I think there was never more than two different types of enemy on a screen at once. But sometimes you'd have like five enemies, so three of one and two of the other, and you'd have to switch mm-hmm. your weapon constantly depending yeah. on which one you was fighting. Kind of broke the action up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, which is a down point. I'd say I'd say the same thing about Secret of Mana, though. It'd be great if they could have just used the L and R button to switch your weapons around. Yeah, that'd been so much it, handier. And yeah. like broke, it would have made the game less like stuttery while you're doing the combat. Right. Um, as far as your your main character, so you do you gain levels, right? Regular old levels but you also have points that you can apply to character statistics ability points um like stats so you get um you get your hit points and then you also have points you can put in power stamina will and wisdom right and and depending on where you put these points you either gain 
attack strength or magic strength or MP um, and things like that. So the magic spells, which will use the MP, can be used for... There's a bunch of different spells. I didn't really use too many of them. Um, I, I put So there's, there's Cure, <laughs> yeah, there's cure, which is the one I use the most. Right, That restores your, your health points. But um, then there was a Heal, which would restore status. <laughs> a Sleep spell, which I never used. A Mute spell, which I never used. Slip. <laughs> uh, fire, Ice, Lightning, um, which Ice was used for puzzles and... I tried to use lightning a couple times, but mostly I would just stick with fire because fire was homing. Yep. Um, and then, <laughs> of course, the ultimate magic. Uh, nuke. No. Nuke. Uh, <laughs> I love that. That's so cool. Just yeah. nuke. And um, uh, and yeah, nuke was used for blowing up one single crystal in a desert. Yeah. Um, these. <laughs> this, yeah. yeah. Story. These. Uh, <laughs> The spells could only be found in certain locations or obtained from other characters at certain plot intervals. So, for instance, when you first meet the Red Mage, I believe he teaches you fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other places where you'd kill a boss and receive the Book of Lightning Bolt, things like that. Yeah. Um, in addition to the regular attack and magic, you also have a will gauge, um, which attack which affects the attack strength. And you can think of it as sort of as a bar at the bottom of the screen that would, would fill up. And um, as the bar filled up, your attacks would do more damage until, you know, they would max max out at the end. It, it's sort of like the if you played Secret of Mana, I'm assuming more people have played Secret of Mana than this game who's listening to this. But, it, you know, you have the bar, and, and if you wait till it's 100%, you do more damage. And if you attack before it's 100%, you do very little damage. Um, this is a little bit different in that waiting for the bar to fill all the way up, you would actually deal do like a special animation, depending on your weapon. So with the sword, you'd like fly across the screen. With the chain, you would actually um, it would extend the chain longer than it normally would, and things like that. Um, the gauge does fill slowly over time, but if you put points into will, it actually f- starts to fill faster and faster the more will points you mm. use. Um, so when it's completely filled up, um, you'll end up with a with a special attack. And also, what I found out is that if you use it for magic so if you have a full will bar and you cast a magic spell the magic actually does four times damage oh and i found this out because i was i was looking up i was like does anyone ever play this as a mage because i was like because i was looking at the stats like well you could just put points into magic right and 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 yes there's actually the fastest speed run currently that i found is actually a mage playthrough oh wow so that's pretty cool um, I did. Uh, I don't know. What, what did you do? I, I put points into stamina and power. And just yeah, things with my same same here. And I was quite disappointed because, yeah, once I got to the end of the game and started doing the research, everyone's just like, nah, put it into will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to get you want to get that will filling up instantly and then you can do your ultimate attack with the sword where he like goes across the screen and hits everything that's there. Yeah. And um, And while he's doing that animation, you can't be hit. So right. it was kind of people have discovered over the years, you know, if you pump everything into will you basically become invincible before the end of the game because nothing can hit you because your wheel just goes whoop, B, you hit the attack button, whoop, hit the attack button, whoop, hit the attack button, and you just spam bosses out like that. But that wasn't what I did. <laughs> no, yeah, I put most no. of mine Most of mine went into stamina. I ended up with 51 stamina, uh, 47 power, 29 wisdom. So I only had like, I had, I had max 32 MP by the end. And then my wheel was 49. So it wasn't sort of towards the end of the game where I started putting more into Will. I was trying to balance out my stats a bit. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I was hitting things for like 
and it was hit, I was hitting things and it was great. But then I was like, okay, I want to do the other things in the game and see what they're like. And I think there was one boss where I just couldn't work out how to kill it, so I just sat in a corner and just cast fire <laughs> over and over yeah. again. It was one of those. It was, it was one of the dragons in in the final dungeon. Yeah, yeah. You get like a um, boss rush of like three different dragons, and one of them I was just like, I can't be bothered I'm sitting here and casting fire. I'm going to use an elixir at the end. <laughs> That'll do me. Yeah, there were several bosses that had blind spots that you could kind of just hang out in and attack them from without fear of retaliation. Or or if you did, you could just attack them and then scoot to the side and then come back and attack them again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I ended up putting was, most um... of my points in power, personally. But Yeah, Sorry. so there was a, yeah, no, there was a, the Cyclops boss, I think it was. Um, I found that one quite funny because I was literally, I walked in to the arena, I took one step forward and I stood there and thought, okay, I'm going to watch and see what his attack pattern's like. And for whatever reason, where I was standing meant he never hit me. <laughs> he would do this like weird up, down, and then rush into the middle, rush to the top, rush at to the bottom. And I'd just stand there and it's just like, this guy's not hitting me. And then every time he got to the right point, I could whip him and hit him in the head. So I was like, well, I'm just going to stand here. <laughs> my bar, my bar's going to be full, so my whip's going to be full length of the screen. I'm just going to wait yep. until he goes up and hit him. I was just like, this is great. <laughs> I don't know. It's like if I would have gone in and started moving around, I'd been stuffed. This guy would, have, this guy would wipe the floor with me. But I was just like, yeah, hey, that's lucky. <laughs> I'm just standing here, and he's, he somehow just seems to be. This seems to be the one spot he can't hit. Whereas, um, yeah. uh, what was he like? The the wraith or whatever it was, where you had to go to well, the island. So the hardest boss in the game for me was the lich. Yeah, the lich. That's, that's it. He guards oh. the nuke spell, and he, he was a nightmare. <laughs> He moves in a figure eight pattern and he also fires flaming skulls at you. And he basically, I mean, he was hitting me for, I had 200 hit points and he was hitting me for a hundred at a go. Um, so I basically had to almost do like a perfect, uh, perfect uh, run of him just to get through it. Um, I also didn't put any points into magic. So my heels weren't doing very <laughs> much and I had no MP. So, uh, yeah. So it's just, uh, yeah, that was crazy. Cause I, um, I died against the lich about four or five times. So I looked up, I looked up on YouTube like a couple of uh, let's plays and watched how other people were trying to deal with him. And like they literally, they just had perfect movement, just like wandering around, avoiding his skulls, avoiding his figure eight movement, and then just hitting him with the sword when they got full power. I was like, okay, I'm using, I'm using, I'm using a phone and it's emulated. Um, that's not going to happen for me. So I just, I basically just stood and hit it as much as I could and smashed heel as fast as I could and eventually oh. yeah, I think on my flight another five tries he eventually died I was like yes safe 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 his death animation's coming save your game yeah yes <laughs> um speaking of smashing the heel button do you want to take the uh the glitch that I found that I did not know about that probably... yeah this is this is a fantastic find and I didn't I didn't know this and this is probably why uh my method of generally standing there and hitting things and healing didn't always work. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the game actually... Um, oh, hang on. <laughs> My notes gone back to the tennis thing. Um, so the biggest glitch in the game is the heal bug. When you cast heal on yourself, your defense power is set to zero. So the next time you... Uh, so the next time... Uh, until the next time you pause the game. So every time I cast heal, I must either immediately select my next B button, or if not... If I'm not certain what I do, I have to at least pause the game to get my defense back up. So you right. eventually, so, so essentially, you're healing yourself, but you're making yourself as weak as a puppy. 
<laughs> moogled basically moogled yeah so moogle let's talk about moogles so one of the most annoying things in the game that the enemies can do to you so like they can put the, you know standard final fantasy stuff they can poison you so you, you use a remedy or something to cure yourself um i know it's called pure isn't it use a pure item to heal yourself there's yes. little things like that in the game and one of the ones is they turn you into a moogle and this basically means you have no defense it's like removing all your you can't attack and all your defense stats are gone and you can get two shot by the weakest of enemies when you're at the end of the game because <laughs> they could just hit you twice and that's it you're dead um and yeah i didn't know that that was a glitch um and yeah but getting get moogled was so frustrating i think there was two times where i lost about half an hour's progress where i'm walking around the world map doing bits and bobs and then suddenly because yeah on that thing where i said there's the island where there's all these floating stones and you have to hit the stones to break you, you have to hit stones with the mace to break them and then you can carry on getting into the next bit I, i'd been wandering around there doing a bit of leveling up and then yeah one of the enemies moogled me and then another enemy from behind killed me in two seconds flat yeah. and i was just like ah oh, fuck I've not, I've not I've not saved in ages. Oh yeah, it was very, very frustrating. Uh yeah, that Moogle the Moogle move could just die in hell, as far as I'm concerned. And it's it's in Secret of Mana and Trials of Mana, as far as I know. So uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I don't I don't remember it being so savage in Secret of Mana. I remember getting Moogled and being able to run away from things quite easily, whereas well, they, in this yeah, it just seemed a... like you were dead within seconds of it being Moogled. Not a lot of screen space in the Game Boy, so mm. Yeah um yeah but that's kind of that's kind of it really for gameplay i mean the most the, the biggest part of this game really is like i say it's world world exploration going around trying to figure out the puzzles to get to the next area to get to the next town to get to the next dungeon like there's the interesting thing with watts where you have to rest you have to go with watts to find some silver he'll make you some silver weapons because without having silver armor on uh the guy um the cave of Gaia will spit you out. It literally won't yeah. let you in. And it's just like, <laughs> this is really weird. Like you can't enter the door. It just says, you taste disgusting. Blah. And then right. you come out. I assume that's some sort of weird translation thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can't get through there with that. But then the mine level is great because you get to sit in a mine cart yep. and get go around the level and you have to, you have to hit switches as you're going around. So suddenly the game goes full Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom on you. <laughs> and it's just like, this is great, great fun. I love this little thing. And that's what I like about this game. They're constantly throwing these different aspects at you. There's either like puzzle solving, there's fun in a minecart. You know, I can't think of a bad game that has bad minecart mechanics. <laughs> it was great in Grandia. Yeah, in minecart. Oh, I haven't I have, yeah, I haven't played Crystal Chronicles, but I know I know of minecart carnage from that. <laughs> yeah, I really liked all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. except the only thing uh, there was two there puzzles. Was one, yeah, there was there was this one puzzle. I can't. Re- I don't remember it that well. I I think the hint was something about an eight and some trees. I can't. Yeah. I, oh wait, that was the entire hint. It was. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the worst the worst thing about that was is that you had to go off and you had to find. Um, you had to you had to like kill a bunch of enemies in the local area until one of them dropped a fang, and then you could trade the fang for a hit how to get into Medusa's cave. So well, you can meet Amanda and do that whole thing. And the hint was literally like he just said, yeah, um, palm trees in the number eight. Get it? She's like, no. I, I had to Google that. And it's just I, like, it, I've got no way. I, I think if I was lucky and I was a kid, I might have accidentally done it. There's two palm trees in this one area where there's a pond and there's no enemies. That's normally the key to these puzzles 
If there's no enemies, that means there's a puzzle going on. <laughs> that's, that's, I, that's a good point. I actually, I was, I was reading up and I, I found a forum post where someone said that as a child, they, they, they reached this point in the game, which is, it's fairly early on. You might be like level 18 to 20 or something like that. Hmm. And he said, uh, I got there. I couldn't figure it out, but I loved the game. So I just kept playing it. And he said, by the time I figured it out, I was level 80. <laughs> that's amazing he said well, the rest of the game was not hard at that after that <laughs> i was gonna say by the time he figured it out he was aged 80 yeah well. <laughs> it started off 16 but um <laughs> yeah it was just that was that was a bonkers one like I, that was such a terrible terrible hint but then i've seen yeah. a lot of things on the translations where they actually um the english translators who i think they only had like a couple of months to work on this game um they uh they actually added a lot of hints in that weren't in the japanese version so they tried to make this a bit more friendly for us. But, okay. Uh, yeah, that that was Thanks. not one of them. No. And then, yeah, the other one was the crystal in the desert. Yeah. So there's a desert Which... full of crystals. <laughs> and one of them you can blow up with the nuke spell. But there's no indication to which one it is. And there's like six or seven screens worth of random crystals. Now, again, as I said, uh, I mentioned this to Frost on the Discord. I looked it up because I was just like, I can't be bothered. <laughs> After the figure of eight thing, I'm just going to Google it. And so I did, and it showed me where it was. And then once I got there, I was just like, I think I could have figured this one out if I'd have tried hard enough. Again, we had the same scenario. It was the only it was the only screen in the desert area with no enemies. Mm-hmm. So that's your first one. There's four crystals on the screen, and one of them will hurt you if you approach it from the south. Yeah. It's the only crystal that harms you. Yeah, I did the same thing. I said, I'm not even going to bother... I'm just going to look it up because of the figure eight thing, but you're right. That one's probably not, that one's probably doable. <laughs> mm. But yeah, but I like, I loved, I loved the overworld exploration. I thought that was a really fun part of the game. Same again, same in Link's Awakening. It's the, that is mostly part of the game. Uh, the other part of this game is basically um, uh, an enormous amount of bosses and boss rushing. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, as is the mana tradition. Um, yep. Bosses after bosses after bosses. So I don't want to go through all of them. But have you got any particularly um, memorable ones? Yeah. Well, first I'd like to point out that for a Game Boy game, they didn't reskin any of them. Like normally you'll get like the man, like even in Secret of Mana, you get the Mantis at the beginning and then you get the Metal Mantis at the end. But there's only one sprite that's reused, which is the dragon. Um, but you fight them one after the... another, like. <laughs> yeah. But they they they. They did a really good job of, of mixing it up. Um, I will say the Lich we talked about was sort of the most frustrating one. I did have trouble with the Red Dragon, the second to last dragon in the Trials, <clears throat> um, just because I think I was low on health and mana and items at that point. Hmm. Um, it took, it took me a while as... to work out the Kraken's pattern. <laughs> oh, okay. And the Lich, obviously, yeah, Lich was a nightmare. Uh, but yeah, um, I think... I had more, uh, same thing with Secret of Mana. I had more trouble at the beginning of the game, mostly because I didn't have the power behind me and I didn't have the dexterity. I didn't know what I was doing properly. So I found the early bosses quite difficult, especially things like the uh, the Megapede. Um, I hate Megapede mm. bosses. They they really screw me over. There's one in Secret of Mana, actually, which really, really done my head in, which is in the Mana Forest <laughs> towards the end. It's like the uh, the dragon worm or something. The dragon snake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He 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 was really hard. And then after him, there's like three dragons you have to fight, and I wiped the floor of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I really struggled against the dragon snake, which is like the first boss of the area. Um. Yeah. So like I said, and like I said, with the cyclops, I 
got really fortunate. Just happened to stood in the spot where he couldn't hit me. Um, uh, yeah, I think it was it was quite fun. I mean, Dark Lord, I had trouble with, but then I also was sensible and just equipped the Blood Sword, so I, he couldn't kill me. <laughs> oh, yeah, because with the Blood Sword, as in most Blood Sword games in Final Fantasy, you hit things, it restores your MP, your HP at the same time. But I think probably yeah, I think Kraken, um, uh, Ifilit, the the big fireball thing that goes around. And the lich, those three in a row were kind of my my biggest bugbear. They they were they were the real challenge for me. After that, it started to get a bit easier. Like Garuda, Garuda just went down like really quickly yeah. at the top of and, Dime Tower. Yeah, and in some of them, you had your companions with you, which helped. And you know, so, oh yeah, I think like that was probably didn't help Garuda was the fact that I could have <laughs> Marcy, yeah, <laughs> restoring my MP constantly while I'm curing myself. Curing myself, destroying my defense stats, but still hitting him really hard. Yeah. And then, um, what did you think of then uh, Julius as the final boss? Um, so, uh, you know, standard fair three-part boss fight. Uh, first, he's a uh, first. He just kind of teleports around you, right? Or he duplicates. No, he's himself? like he's like three. He's like three or four copies of himself. Oh, copies so fighting, of himself. That's right. You're fighting you four the... different Julius. I think it's four. Yeah. I, I don't think I had too much trouble with that. And then his second form, he looks like chaos. Yeah, he looks um, like Chaos from Final Fantasy One, like spitting image. <laughs> yeah, and then he for, then he merges with the Mana Tree, of course. So. Yeah, and he becomes this weird sort of like Kefka demon vagina clown. Sure. I think it's the best way I can describe that. <laughs> I don't know because it looks like his head's sort of coming out the tree, like it's a bit, you know. And yeah. He's got these weird horns yeah. and just sort of like a like and hands, a floating hands. Yeah, it's like a demon coming out of a phase. An open a tear in time or something or a dimensional portal. Mm. Um, I thought you know the best part about that fight was the, mu- the music was spectacular for the final boss fight. Yeah, um, and you had the, and you had um, Fiji with you as well, who was help. You know, you could ask her during the fight, and she'd start using regen on you to try and keep your health up. Yeah, yeah. So I have to say regen because your health restores slowly with her. It's not like when you you hit heal, you get like thirty hit points back straight away or something. Yeah. With her, you you ask her, and then they start slowly going up. So yeah, it's definitely like a regen spell. I, th- I think the second form probably took me two tries or so. Um, the, the after that, I mean, but it was pretty straightforward, especially since you had Fiji. I mean, it was hard. I mean, you had you put your points. Well, in no, the she wasn't there. So you... She wasn't there for the second form. Oh, for the she's there form, for the. Too? She's only there for the third form, like the the, the third form. Thing. Okay, yeah. All right. Um, I think no. Maybe I... that's why I had trouble with the second form. <laughs> no, I didn't have any. I didn't have any trouble with the second form. Um, he actually went down fairly quick. Uh, but I feel like you know sometimes when you have a fight and it's you you kind of do it easy, but you think I feel like I got lucky there because <laughs> it's random. So you just <clears throat> it depends on what pattern he uh, decided to jump around in. Yeah, so I killed him really easy first time, and then I died against the tree thing because I had um I I think I I literally this was so unlucky. I had like two HP left. Like it was I was oh, really low. I was really low on HP, yeah, when when I killed the second form. Then there's like a little cutscene, and then he comes out of the tree. And if you don't go down straight away, he basically gets like a free hit on you with his hand. And that's uh, what happened. And I died. And I was like, ah, oh, bugger. And then the second time I fought the second form, he killed me. <laughs> I was just like, I'm oh, shit. <laughs> I did really lucky the first time. But then the third time I came in, I was like, right, I'm prepared now. <laughs> I owned him that time. And I had like 40 HP when I got onto the second, onto the third form. So I was like, right. Holding down, <laughs> down, heal, 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 ask, ask, ask. <laughs> now hit, yeah. hit, hit. But I still think I still think I had another like two or three goes against him. I saved after, thankfully, that time after having enough health, I saved and then had a couple mm-hmm. of goes at his third form. But it was a good challenge. Like I say, it doesn't help that I was using a a, a phone with touchscreens. 
Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> we had the technology. <laughs> All right, then. Well, have you got anything else to add, Frost? No. Um, no, let's get to the get to the ranking. Let's get to the rankings. So yeah, come on, let's rank this mother. I'm gonna let you go first on all these frost. Alright, so, what are you gonna rank the story? Uh, story. So again, Game Boy game, nineteen ninety-one. Um pretty I mean it's a pretty decent story even for a, a, a NES game. I mean it it's for for all they could fit on that cartridge, I think they, they did really well. Um I'm gonna give the story again grading on the Game Boy curve. An eight. An eight? And I'm I am going to absolutely sentiment that with a another eight. I completely agree with you. Yeah, on the curve of this is a Game Boy game, it is pretty spectacular. I think you're right. You you know, you argued the point earlier. I do think Link's Awakening's slightly better, but not by much. But I mean, yeah, for a Game Boy game, wow. <laughs> yeah. This is really good. They really set out and they achieved what they wanted to achieve. Now, combat. We didn't talk about wonky hitboxes, did we? But I think that's just a staple of the Mana series. <laughs> you can't have a Mana game if the hitboxes on enemies aren't wonky. Oh, well, they tried to fix it in Trials of Mana and they made it... Well, anyway. They... <laughs> I'll get to that one day. <laughs> yeah. Um, combat. So combat, you got your... I, I, again, I only really played it as a fighter. You can also play it as a mage, which is in, intriguing to me. I, maybe I'll someday I'll go back and play it with the, with the mage build to see what that's like. It'd be nice to have those homing fireballs just kind of murdering everything. Um, but uh, <laughs> the combat, I thought, was, again, it's not Link's Awakening, right? This is the problem with rating this game, is that every every category we're going to get to, it's going to be, well, it's not Link's Awakening, right? It's <laughs> um, So they give you a lot of weapons, but I don't... It's not Wario Land. They give you a lot of weapons because... <laughs> <laughs> because they wanted to give you a lot of weapons because you have to use different weapons on different enemies and there's weird hitboxes. My initial instinct for combat was actually a six. I think I think that's a fairly fair score. I'm gonna go seven. I had a lot of fun with it. I agree like I agree there's one there's wonky hitboxes all over the place, but it's a good challenge. And yeah, it was although like I said, it's a bit cumbersome, takes you kind of out of the action, having to switch your weapons all the time. But it's interesting. It's it's far more interesting than just wandering around with a sword and hitting things all the time, like you have with yeast. Games like that, mm. you know, the bump and grind. 
um, having to switch and think about it, you, you know, the way they interact and change the environment around you. All really, really you cool know, stuff. You know what? I'm going to give it a seven just because I should have given it. My initial instinct was a six, but I didn't. When I thought of that, I did not consider the mage possibility. And so because of the spells, because there's that just entire other way that you could play through this. Um, and also the the companions are an interesting thing on that too. So I'm going to give it a seven. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so non-combat. So essentially... <laughs> when you're not hitting things <laughs> right so i love the map i love the, the walk around i love the chocobo navigation i love the bodicho or whatever you call it Bo chocobo. <laughs> bocacho. <laughs> bocacho. <laughs> um, bocacho. Uh, <laughs> i i love that they have the different tools for chopping down trees and uh getting over you know different um you know one of the things they talk about in game design is you need to have keys that aren't keys right it's like you know Different different ways to have doors and keys that don't aren't just go get a blue key card every time. Yes, definitely. Unfortunately, this game also had keys, which is the biggest. <laughs> my biggest gripe with this game is the inventory management. Yep, keys and matics. <laughs> keys and matics. And so while I really enjoyed going around, and 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 doing those things, I just was so frustrated with the item management. And the, you only had I don't know how many spots did you have. Uh, 16 slots or maybe for items yeah it wasn't um and and you could get four keys in a slot but um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a six mostly just for inventory management six okay i think six is fair yeah um i'm probably gonna say i'm gonna go the other way and just say seven uh the inventory management did bother me a bit but it wasn't too bad like i played a lot worse and i felt like the um I felt like the inventory management in Final Fantasy Legend was worse than this. Mm. Can't remember what I gave that, but <laughs> but I had a better yeah. feeling about this. I the the menu system was easy enough to navigate. It was very simple, um, and yeah, I like the fact you could save anywhere. I love the environments. I love being able to chop down trees and stuff like that. And you know, just because you chop down a tree doesn't mean you can get past it. Right. <laughs> only cer only certain trees. Yeah, and you can't walk over tree stumps. They're, 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 they're too high. Anything above shin level, you stuff up. That's right. I mean, <laughs> and we know light, lightning can't jump over a barricade in Final Fantasy XIII, so I guess that's fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to say seven for that. So next up, you've got visuals. This was probably the hardest one just because it's hard to put myself back in, in the game. Um, <clears throat> again, it's not Link's Awakening, <laughs> but it's not... I mean, there's some bad... Game Boy game, <laughs> like bad looking Game Boy games. Uh, I think it looks pretty good. It probably, it's not, I mean, it doesn't have color, obviously. It's a Game Boy game. Um, but it's pretty similar to the original Legend of Zelda, although the original Legend of Zelda came out, you know, six years earlier or whatever. But again, Game Boy game. I didn't have a problem with any of the visuals. I love some of the sprites. Um, um, uh, I'm going to give it, this is, <laughs> I'm thinking because they get they get the spell animations. You got you can take them into account. I think as far as a Game Boy game is concerned, this is an uh, it's an eight. Eight. <clears throat> okay, I'm going nine. Um, okay. <clears throat> like I say, uh, if I'm going on the idea of say like you know the best ones are going to be Link's Awakening, um, uh, Wario Land, possibly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are fantastic looking games. Uh, basing this off of other SquareSoft games like Final Fantasy Legend. 
this is leaps and bounds above that as far as the graphical quality on the screen. Um, and yeah, I think if I was to give Link's Awakening a 10, I had to give this a 9. This is yeah. just a fantastic looking game. And then, yeah, audio. <laughs> we've both we've both gushed about the audio so far. I Yeah, this is one of my favorite Game Boy soundtracks. Um, I don't think there's a couple of tracks that are irritating, but they're probably irritating on purpose. Yeah, like the door theme, because the door theme is terrible in <laughs> the, <laughs> Secret Manor as well. So it's just canon to the, the Moogle series. theme. <laughs> hey, I like the Moogle theme. Um, <laughs> um, so as far as, you know, the audio, I, and I was surprised because, you know, this was his first full soundtrack on his own, um, you know, Kenji Ito. Um, and, you know, he ended up doing all the Romancing Saga games, um, Saga Frontier, which... I believe you played. <laughs> yep, played. I played a lot of Saga Frontier. It is a, a magnificent game. After you've fallen in love with it after sixty hours of hating it. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I was. I'm gonna say I'm torn between a nine and a ten. It's it's that good. I'm I'm not sure if I would actually give it a ten. Is the problem because I while I love the music, I I don't know if I would sit down and just listen. To the soundtrack over and over and over again like i would with a 10 but then again it is a game boy game and they had four channels to work with so it's probably i'm gonna say based on other game boy games that i've heard as far as with the limitations of the game boy i'm gonna go with a 10 for audio oh in the big numbers there um i'm gonna say nine on that one I agree with you, it's magnificent, but the dwarf theme's there, so... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, dwarf theme. Uh, so I'm going to mark it down. Just one point for that. Just give it a nine. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, magnificent. 27 tracks on a Game Boy game. Chef kiss. So then finally, what's your overall feel for the game? So overall, um, you know, I think it, you should play it. I think people should play it. I recommend it. Now, the, the issue with recommending it is, you know... It's not Link's Awakening, right? <laughs> I keep saying that. Um, I'd say overall, it's probably it's probably a, it's an eight, an eight. I would say. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sentiment that with another eight. I think you're right. It's not a Link's Awakening, but you know, not much is. <laughs> right. And, and Link's Awakening was was a couple of years later, and obviously it's a first party game, and it has all kinds of advantages. Yeah, and although I would prefer Link's Awakening, there's not much in it, to be honest with you. This is a fantastic game. Yeah. You know, it's like saying, I love Final Fantasy VII, I love Final Fantasy IX. I think IX's better, but you should still play Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> this is the same. Like, Link's Awakening, I think, is better, but you should still play Final Fantasy Adventure. Right. Great, great Game Boy game. So, and then that brings us to our bonus category, which doesn't count to the scores. The final boss. How would you rate the final boss out of 10? Uh, well, it seemed like the final boss was, he didn't feel much different than the other bosses, right? He jumped around and, but there were the three parts. So if I consider the music during the final boss to be part of the final boss fight, I'd probably give it an eight. An eight? Just for the overall experience. Eight. And I think, I think the same thing. I think I quite like the final boss. I'm probably going to go seven. I didn't, I didn't like the, the weird tree thing coming out at the end. <laughs> but other than that I thought the final boss was quite good so Frost 
do you want to read out your scores for the lovely people? Let them know what you sure. what you chose. So for story, I gave it an eight. Combat a seven. Non-combat a six. Visuals an eight. Audio a ten. Overall feel of eight. Final boss was an eight. And that gives me a subtotal of forty-seven out of sixty, which uh, that's what is Ooh. that? 70, 78, 78, 79%? Yeah, 78.33. Okay, so 78%. So pretty good. Just doing some maths. Yep. <laughs> yes, so um, so I gave it an 8, a 7, a 7, a 9, a 9, and an 8. So 8 for story, 7 for combat, 7 for non-combat, 9 for visuals, 9 for audio, 8 overall feel. Yeah, so that gave me a score of 48. So I actually, I actually rated it higher than you. Yeah, that, that, yeah, no, that's right. Uh, yep. Which means that I get, it gives right. it a score out of eighty, uh, which gives us an average score of seventy nine point sixteen, recurring. Good forever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was our final score. So uh, let's have a quick look on the dock and see where that places us. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, so seventy nine point sixteen. So that puts it just above Final Fantasy five. Oh, wow. By point sixteen. That's... Um, I'd like to change my audio score. <laughs> <laughs> no, no changes in post. You're the reason. Yeah. You're the reason Super Mario's top, all right? So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So it's just slightly above Final Fantasy V. See, the worst thing is, is that um, Captain Toad, Captain Toad, Treasure Trackers, and Dragon Warrior have the same score as Final Fantasy V. It's a travesty, as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just uh, just above Final Fantasy V and just below Valkyra Chronicles Four. Okay, and oh. again, we we rated it as a Game Boy game, so yeah, this is this is a Game Boy game. game. This is fantastic. You know, it's yeah. not as good as Final Fantasy V, but right, it's because Final Fantasy V is a SNES game. You know, yeah. So let's do let's let's go on. We've got a little bit of uh, feedback from Disa. Uh, she said it's been a while since she's played it, and she doesn't remember too many details about the game. Uh, I do remember finding it a challenge uh, to get through, and she didn't enjoy it as much as Secret as Mana, for sure. I think maybe I got a bit lost. <laughs> but I can't quite remember exactly um, what made it rough, except I found it challenging. As a Game Boy game, though, it's very well made and a good game. It just wasn't quite a match for me. And she gave Combat 6, Non-Combat 4, Story 5, Graphics 8, Music 4. Ouch, Disa. Ooh, Come on. really? Oh, yeah. An overall feel fight. Now, this was in October last year. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, uh, so she gave it an overall score of fifty three point three three. Wow! And then, uh, do you want to do you want to read um, uh, Rob's feedback? <laughs> yeah. So Rob on the Discord says, "Sorry, never played it, but I could act like I work at Kotaku and then write a review about a game I never played. It works for them all the time." Thank you, thank you for your feedback, Rob. <laughs> I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> okay, so I do want to say any closing thoughts. Yeah, I want to say one thing because I, I meant to mention this earlier, and that's about the music. Um, and this is just this is for all Game Boy games, but because the Game Boy has a mono speaker, if you play it without headphones, you do not at all get the complexity of of the audio. And and it's just a you listen to these tracks, or there's certain Game Boy games, and they're using stereo effects, and they're they're switching ears, and they're doing so much with you know two square waves. A noise channel and a <laughs> wave table it's just it's just it's just amazing so uh, yeah, appreciate your 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 game boy audio <clears throat> def 
definitely definitely appreciate your Game Boy Audio because when I was growing up and I had my Game Boy I never used headphones just didn't, didn't think about it as a thing it was just always the side volume on the side if I was in a busy yeah. place I'd turn it off <laughs> if I was on my own I'd turn it up and I loved the music and then yeah one day as I when I was older I was just like popping in Pokemon and put some headphones in I was just like whoa yeah <laughs> this is this is something else <laughs> yep all right then well yeah that brings an end then to our um our review of Final Fantasy Adventure or Mystic Quest or Sword of Mana or Adventures of Mana whichever one you play second and said to Final Fantasy Gaiden <laughs> that's it everyone we finally concluded our adventure through final fantasy then 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 set the the magic sword tree hugging quest game <laughs> so frost what are we gonna do next week how do i know i don't work here oh yeah that's a good point point. and considering this is a pre-record from three weeks ago who knows what we're gonna do next week it's probably gonna be a um <laughs> it's probably gonna be an rpg club uh part yeah. one <laughs> I imagine for whatever the next game is, and uh, I I may or may not know at this moment in time what that game is. That's right. <laughs> I know, Frost. Oh, you do. Oh, I know. You, you have access. You have the secret information. I've seen the scores. I know what's oh. coming. Yeah. No, right. we've got they've got two days left, and we're waiting. We're waiting on two other people to put in their scores, but um, I I don't. They've they've been a bit quiet, and I don't think they're going to submit. So. Mm. Okay, you sound excited. Sounds <laughs> I, exciting. I am. I'm not sure if I'll get to play it though. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, so, guys, you know, this is a podcast. You can rate and review us on your favorite podcasting apps, especially Apple iTunes. That is the best one to um, uh, rate us on because that really helps get the show out to more and more people out there in the world. And, Frost, you are a patron. So, why don't you tell the lovely folks what the patron's all about? Yes, so as a patron, I get early access to the episodes, and they are ad-free. Um, there's also the Aftercast episodes, which is sort of like the, you know, not, so gaming news-related or different things that the, the guys talk about uh, on the side. Uh, also, extra reviews, from Scott, mostly from Scott and Corey, although I was part of the uh, Super Mario 64 review. You was? Check that one out. And I think we had Skeleton um, House guest on uh, the Celeste review. 
Yes, yes. Um, the RPG, uh, the, the RPG Club nominations um, and more. Excellent. So you can find that over at patreon.com forward slash RPG after years. Uh, as for streaming, we stream on Twitch every Sunday, usually at 9am Eastern. Or if I'm recording with Scott, we'll do it on Fridays at 10am uh, Eastern. Uh, as this is a pre-record, we haven't streamed. <laughs> Me and Frost right. have kept this just to us. It's been a private affair. It's also been a janky one, so probably good. <laughs> Scott, Scott's going to hate this game on YouTube. <laughs> we also have a so yeah, you can find us at twitch.tv forward slash RPG after years. Uh, we also have a merch store on Redouble uh, at Redouble forward slash people forward slash RPG after years forward slash explore. That's a mouthful. And yeah, if you've got any uh, feedback for the show and you want to just send us some messages, you can send us some love over at RPG after years at gmail.com. You can also check out the Discord. Link is in the uh, show notes or on the pinned tweet on Twitter. Indeed. The Discord is popping. It is the most adventurous Discord in Final Fantasy history. <laughs> and that's another point. You can find us on Twitter at RPG Years. Or if you want to find me, you can find me <laughs> at Metallica at M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. And uh, uh, Frost, I'm, do you want people I'm, to find you on Twitter, or do you, would you rather not? I'm on the I'm on the Discord. <laughs> Frost is here. Join the Discord if you want to talk to Frost. He's great. <laughs> You're definitely one of my favourite Discordians, uh, a purveyor of Discord. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. There it is. Hey, there we go. We've got some music out there. Let's let's pretend no one heard that because I've edited it out. Well, that's it, guys, for episode 83, and another Golden Years game bites the dust. Even though it wasn't nominated or anything, I just kind of just threw it in there at the last minute. <laughs> so. Let's cross off some more let's cross some more games off the list soon, shall we? We'll catch you next time for episode 84, but until then, I'm Bill. And I'm Frost. The Lord of Tacos and Demons, as far as I'm afraid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone. Speak to you all soon. Bye. Bye. The beast has been slain. The world has been saved Our heroes are basking in the afternoon They rest in the tavern for all to hear Their tale of victory and conquered fears Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know by our heroes' hands Here in the after years Here in the RPG after years Here in the RPG after years squeeze almost two hours out of a Game Boy game. <laughs> like, yeah, we could have let's played half of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com.